Alright, a little after four. The Brian Billick Report is brought to you by Mavis Discount Tire. Save on tires at MavisTire.com and the Joseph Abood flagship store. Experience exceptional quality, style, and service at its very best. And, of course, by SeatGeek, which we'll get to later. And uh, you'll see him on uh, the NFL Network. Uh, he's got a show coming up uh, that probably tomorrow tomorrow night, right? Isn't, tomorrow, isn't it Wednesday night, the show? I believe it is, right? Yeah, play, yes. playbooks on at 6 o'clock on yep. uh, the NFL Network Eastern. Yep, okay. Uh, let's get to, uh, you know, uh, as we get now into the deeper parts of this year and we kind of sort things out, you kind of see things uh, kind of coming together. I mean, you can see where the teams are starting to separate a little bit. They've especially separated in the in the AFC. In the NFC, it's going to be a lot crazier. There's 10 teams that are in the hunt realistically uh, right now for six spots. So, I mean, that's going to be a very interesting race, and especially the South, where you have Atlanta beating Dallas, so they're 5-4. and four. You have New Orleans and Carolina, they've each won seven games, and those teams are all going to play each other. Matter of fact, Atlanta plays uh, in weeks 14, 16, and 17. They play New Orleans, New Orleans, and Carolina. They have five division games left. That fight in that division is going to be really some fun football. Yeah, it is, and you and and right now it looks like you know that not only the winner, but you may have three teams in that division. Of course, they're going to battle Dallas, they're going to battle Seattle or L.A., depending upon how that shakes out. So that wild card division that I'm always talking about, uh, that its own it's its own kind of division when you're crossing over from uh, whatever, whichever two teams from the NFC South, and of course with the Cowboys, uh, and you can't, you can't eliminate the Redskins, but. But obviously, it's getting tougher with every loss that they have, uh, and then and then obviously, uh, what's going on in the NFC West? And you know, Atlanta. I, I don't want to say that they you know made great strides last week. They got a pass rush. They t- exploited Dallas. They did some things there. Um, of the three teams, which one do you think is most vulnerable right now? Now, Saints have won seven in a row. You got Carolina, which comes off a win last night. It, and Atlanta, who which probably has the most talent of the three, which which one's the most vulnerable team in your mind? Well, New Orleans looks good. We'll see how real that defense is, but but their schedule the rest of the way is is the best of the three. So you got to figure they're in pretty good shape. That talent that they have in Atlanta, it'll sure look good the other night. And if they can find their rhythm, find what they're doing offensively. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. So Carolina, they they've been up and down, and although they certainly look good the other night and last night, and and are a solid team, really good solid defense. They're still relying a great deal on Cam Newton running the ball, and that is a little problematic for me. You know, the Raiders have had a very spotty year uh, in a lot of ways. They get New England in uh, Mexico City, and. They need to get the five and five. If they lost here, they'd be four and six, just to get a playoff spot. I mean, to prove that they need a big win. This could be the game that could maybe get them started in the right direction to a wild card at the least. Even if Kansas City wins the division, you know, a lot was expected from this Raider team. It's been disappointing. That's a, I think, a very big game for them this week. Yeah, it is, and it's opportunity, like I said, to kind of put themselves not catch Kansas City necessarily in the in the AFC West, but they too are in that wild card division, depending upon, you know, teams like Tennessee and Jacksonville, and Baltimore's in that mix, obviously, as well. So, 
Uh, yeah, th- th- this could be a big, big win for them, better than playing in, obviously, in New England. Uh, Derek Carr looks to be back with him. Amari Cooper showed uh, the, uh, the, uh, a couple weeks ago that he can still be that big play receiver. The defense is the biggest concern. They, they, they've been a little bit up and down, and I think that's the one that if, if there's an Achilles heel for them right now, I don't know how much better they are on defense. And, of course, New England, we're going to find out if, indeed, their defense is playing better or whether Derek Carr and that group can take advantage of the big plays the way that New England's been giving up big plays. You know, the uh, we're talking with Brian Billick. The Eagles go into Dallas flying high, and the Cowboys, you know, they, they, they were without Elliott. They're going to be without him again. They were without, obviously, part of their offensive line, which hurt and gave up eight sacks. Now they get the Eagles in their building. I mean, the Eagles will clinch. If they win this game, they'll clinch the division by Thanksgiving. So, I mean, this is the night that it has to come down. Otherwise, the Eagles are, have flown away from everybody. Uh, off last week, you think the Cowboys are up to the challenge? Uh, certainly they're up to the challenge. That's in Dallas, right? Yep. Yeah, that, uh, anytime you can get that at home. But I tell you what, the Eagles are so complete. And, and we saw not that, not that Dak Prescott isn't up to the challenge, but more and more is going to rely on him. And, and what Atlanta did, and a lot of people are going to follow suit. They did a nice job of slow rushing in the middle, spying, not necessarily spying, but just making sure that you fill those rush lanes very slowly so that, that, you know, Dak Prescott can't beat you. Uh, he can beat you from the pocket. That's not to say that he can't. But you know he's going to kill you if he gets outside the pocket. And Atlanta did a real nice, after having given up a bunch of yards to Cam Newton the week before, they seem to have kind of cracked the code on that. And i got to believe that Philadelphia is going to take a page out of that playbook. Yeah, you know, the Eagles have have really uh, not taken a bad step. I mean, they haven't had even even a little crisis of confidence at all. There's nothing that's happened to that team. They've been winning these games easily. Uh, and, you know, a couple more at ease, and they're going to be long gone here very early. And, you know, the, to see a team just take off like that is is a little unusual. It really is. I mean, because everything has fallen into place, and the division is kind of disintegrated underneath them, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, because uh, they've kind of been out of it for the last few years, you keep waiting for that other shoe to drop. Uh, because their pedigree is such that, that, you know, that would happen. That game that we see with all the, the teams at some point, going, where did that one come from? You know, we see Pittsburgh do that all the time. Maybe the best, most talented team, particularly in the AFC, but they're always good for a game like the, the Indianapolis game going, what the heck happened there? How is that possible? Uh, Philadelphia, I think the Rams the same way. We're kind of waiting for that, you know, boy, where, where did that game come from with the Rams? So they, they look like they've really matured the same way and, and that they're very real in what they're able to do. We're talking with Brian Billick as we move a little deeper into this season. You know, the Rams keep winning. Now Rams and Minnesota, you know, two teams that have had a very good season. They've overcome the Rams. Minnesota's overcome a lot. Uh, they keep winning. They won at Washington last week. The Rams keep winning. Uh, one of these teams is going to take a big jump towards the playoffs this week and really towards getting a, a bye in the first round. This isn't a, uh, you know, who would have thought it, but this is a big-time game with a lot of, you know, with a lot of postseason implications as far as, you know, who plays where and home games and everything else. The winner of this game is going to be 8-2 and two and in very good shape. Yeah, and that, those head-to-heads are so important. In Minnesota, it has been so impressive. In Case Keenum... And in all fairness, you know, we think of Case Keenum in terms of that rookie year, and he was 
Preston to play in the playoffs where the Houston team with a great defense and a really good running game just didn't step up. And, of course, in, in St. Louis a couple of years ago uh, uh, where they just weren't very good. So uh, what he's doing in Minnesota and, and not turning the ball over and, of course, the receivers with Thielen and Diggs, uh, they're very real on offense. That was the thing that was always been missing for them the last few years. Didn't have a presence at the receiver position. Two excellent young receivers, and obviously the uh, the defense, particularly now with Seattle beat up, maybe the best defense in the league for my money, particularly that secondary. Uh, so, yeah, this is a huge game in terms of uh, playoff in- implications, not in terms of making the playoffs, but in terms of seeding and, and where, you know, where you might end up being playing the next game. You know, um, when you see the Rams, and you don't want to brand a team too quickly, but sometimes teams are real. I, I'll give you an example. Dick Vermeil went into an Eagle situation that was terrible, and you could see him have an immediate impact. Now, he didn't win the first year like this guy's doing, but you can see it sometimes a guy has an immediate impact on the whole organization. They just look crisper. They look like they, they act differently. They're, they're, in every facet, they're crisp. The Rams look like a real football team. And everything they do, they look like a real football team. But you don't want to canonize them too early here. But they really do look like the real thing here uh, halfway through this season. Well, and they're so complete. Offense, defense, special teams, balance on offense. Excellent pitching staff. I mean, Wade Phillips, obviously, a proven commodity in terms of what he's done. And you can see this team growing and beginning to understand his system and just how well they've played the last three and four weeks. And, of course, with the offense, it's all about the progression of Jared Goff and what Sean McVay's done with him. And on special teams, I think uh, uh, John Fossil's the best special teams coach in the National Football League. does such a spectacular job generating good plays. They're so sound. So, yeah, I think they're like Philadelphia in the sense that you, 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 know, you, you can believe in them because they're complete. It's not, just, you know, it's not just Carson Wentz. It's not just Jared Goff. Um, they are as complete a team as there is in the NFL. New England's going to win a lot of games the rest of the way. I wouldn't even be surprised. Uh, now, who knows what the last week brings, whether they need the game or not. But uh, if they do, they have five division games. Um, they have a game against Pittsburgh, who they own. They, they have the game this week in Mexico City against the Raiders. And they have five games in a very weak division. Um, they're going to win their division games. We know that. Uh, they have the game at Pittsburgh, which I know is at Pittsburgh, but they, Tom Brady has literally owned the Steelers. He has never, I mean, he just kills them. He absolutely owns them. From that standpoint, do you think this is New England as a team to beat, or are they vulnerable enough on defense this year that you can't label them that way? Well, remember when we started the season, it was New England versus the field. It was, okay, that's where the betting was going to go, that, that you could have the rest of the field. Uh, and New England was the prohibitive favorite. And then they lost to Kansas City and kind of fell under the radar, which is, you know, how about that? The New England Patriots with all those Super Bowl rings are under the radar. Well, their defense uh, looked lousy early. It really did. You know, it looked pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. And and they do. Pittsburgh cause Pittsburgh is primarily a zone team, and, and Brady's going to pick that zone apart. They're going to have to do a little bit more in terms of man coverage, man blitzes, as opposed to the zone blitzes. Uh, but they desperately need, I say desperately, if they have any plans of going to the Super Bowl, Pittsburgh's got to have that game in Pittsburgh in the postseason. And um, so, yeah, this this is a big step towards showing that they can't do that. Or you're right, at the end of the day, it's, okay, What? who on that team has any history thinking they can go in and beat New England in New England? And, and that is going to be a factor. 
Yeah, and you know, I just the Steelers are hard to figure. I, they have talent. They're better on defense now. They have a lot of physical talent. They have balance. They got. They can beat you with the wide receivers. They can beat you with the running back. They have the quarterback. You know, their defense has gotten better. Their secondary has gotten better. You just sense that something isn't completely right with that team. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like there's too many weird weeks for that team. Well, and Ben Roethlisberger on the road versus home. I mean, the numbers go beyond just dismissing it as, ah, it's not that big a deal, or it just happens to be a fluke. I mean, his his numbers in Pittsburgh versus what he does on the road is real, and that's where they tend to get the boom. Where did that come from? Um, again, I agree with you. The defense is playing a lot better and has really played well. A lot of missed tackles defensively against uh, uh, the Colts, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, and so you're right. There are some things where you, boy, you want to jump and say, boy, this team, and they should be. And, and then it's not to say that they're not going to be very good. But you just hesitate because we've seen enough of the other sometimes wondering where does that inconsistency come from? You know, you do. And Kansas City, you know, they're not as good defensively this year, even close. They're good offensively. They're really good. But their defense, now they lost Dontero, Terry Poe went to uh, Atlanta. They lost uh, Berry, which hurt them a lot. But they're getting killed on third down. They're just not. They haven't been a very good defense all year. Yeah, which is surprising. But you're right. I mean, when you talk about because they, they were elite defense last year, and 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 all it takes is one or two parts of that puzzle changing and not being the same. And those were two big losses for them. Uh, and their offense is as well as it's doing. They're not running the ball quite as well as they started out. I think people have caught up a little bit with some of the things that they're doing. They stretch you so much on the outside and then open it down the middle. Kareem Hunt, obviously, with the hundred plus scrimmage yards uh, and, and, and playing so effectively. But the last three games in particular have not run as well. But they're, they're certainly going to be a factor. Uh, but the same thing, you know, are they going to be able to go on the road to Pittsburgh, go on the road to New England in the playoffs and win? Talking with Brian Billick uh, about the NFL, you know, uh, we talked about the Giants last week and it went from bad to worse. It went it went from uh, the ridiculous to the sublime. And, uh, you know, now uh, the owner put out a statement you know, we'll evaluate when the season's over. Don't get anybody crazy now. They were calling for the coach. They're not going to do it in season. In season, we know it doesn't change anything. We know that. But when it gets this bad, what what is your recourse as a team leader, as a coach? Where do you go when you've gone to the well and backed up the trucks and made all the comments after one bad week where you gave up 51 at home and you go out and now you get buried by an 0-9 team and make them look like world beaters, and your team has another one of those weeks. Now you come back, and you're looking at Kansas City coming in your building, and you've been defenseless the last couple of weeks. Where do you go? That's a tough one because, yeah, at the end of the day, if, if, the, if that indeed is the 49ers' only win or you're that team that loses to Cleveland, that's not good. You know, that's going to leave a mark. That's a hard one. And I was talking with some other people uh, along the same line that you hear the familiar refrain when, when your team is struggling. Okay, we're going to get back to basics. Uh, we're going to simplify some things, which is code for basically, okay, we're making a lot of errors, so we got to cut down. So you really stress that, okay, the fundamentals, we're going to get back to that. Now, and you're right, once, once you've played that card and you still know better, it's, well, okay, now what? I mean, we've simplified. What are we going to do now? We're going to get more complicated, or we're going to take more. What, what it is? What do we hang our hat on as a 
Hopefully, again, we're just going to go back to work and, and, and simplify things and, and be more fundamentally sound. And it's 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 predictable. You know, every coach finds himself, particularly in November and December, and those coaches that are having those difficulties, you're going to hear the similar things. Uh, and but you're right. All of a sudden, you do paint your into, uh, yourself into a corner. That okay, well, we did that, and it didn't work. What do we do now? You know, it's it becomes. I mean, can is there? I mean, there's no easy road. We understand that. I mean, but can there get to a point where there is no coming back? Yeah, I mean, when when you're talking about within the season, yes. I mean, obviously, not coming back to be good, but just coming back to be competitive. Yeah, and that comes back to what I said about and the Giants are one of those really good organizations that are going to be supportive of a coach because that's the only way is for the coach to say, look, I, I know one thing. I'm going to be here next year. Now, the question is, are you going to be here? So the way you play between now and the end of the season, I'm going to find out whether, you know, whether you're going to be one of those guys that we can count on or because of the way our season has gone, are you going to be one of those guys? Um, but the organization, and they're right, saying, look, you, you don't want to have those conversations during the course of the season. Uh, it's just a bad place to be, even when you give that dreaded vote of confidence, which means at the end of the season, you're probably fired, to just say, okay, yeah, we're going to reevaluate at the end. Um, but that, that is tough for an organization because what it is, what care are you holding out between now and the end of the season? Now you're going to start playing some other players because you don't want to, you want to, now it's a matter of how many, questions can we get answered by the end of the season so we know what our marching orders are in January with regards to free agency in the draft and the other things that we're going to do. Crazy situation really is and it's not getting any better. Thanks. We'll talk next week, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank Sounds you. Good. Uh,